Welcome to Grace Notes. So far in our study on thinking right thoughts, we found that according to Philippians 4 verse 8, God's word, God's way, God's will, and God's wisdom are right things to think about. On today's program, Barbara Sandbeck will discuss how to think lovely thoughts. But first, let's hear a song from Barbara praising God for His marvelous works.
you think about the word lovely, what comes to mind? Something beautiful? Something that gives you warm fuzzies? If so, you'd be right, because the definition for lovely is having beauty that appeals to the emotions as well as to the eye. But if all you use is your emotions to guide your thinking, you'll be in trouble. Such was the case I read about in a Moody Institute of Science article. During World War II, an American plane was flying a mission in Africa. Under the cloak of darkness, they flew toward their destination of Benhazi in North Africa. A strong tailwind pushed the plane much faster than expected. When the instruments revealed that they had reached their destination, the crew members apparently kept flying in disbelief of the gauges. They felt the instruments must be wrong, so they pressed on looking for a beacon light that was already miles behind. Eventually, the plane ran out of fuel, and the entire crew died when they crashed in the desert. Feelings can be a dangerous guide. A synonym for the word lovely is beautiful, which is defined as having qualities that delight the senses, especially the sense of sight. But here again, you can't make proper judgments based on just what you see, because we all know that what you see isn't always what you get. Some years ago, there was a popular TV game show called To Tell the Truth. You remember that? On it were three people who claimed to be the same person and a panel of judges who asked them questions to discern who was really telling the truth. The MC gave a brief summary of the person's accomplishments. Then the rounds of questioning began. I didn't guess the right person very often. There were some pretty good liars on there. Even watching their body language and facial expressions didn't help. The real key to guessing the right person was knowing enough about the subject to ask the right questions. We need to use truth to determine what is lovely, not our senses or emotions. God's word, his way, his will, and his wisdom are all true. The more we know about them, the less apt we are to be duped. The word lovely also means full of love. God's works are lovely. They are the outpouring of His nature. He does what He does for us with good intent, from a heart full of love, truth, and light. Satan, the father of lies, masquerades as an angel of light, but his intent is to do us harm. He dresses up his evil with God's created beauty, so it will be more appealing. Since the beginning of time, Satan has been using the eyes to deceive mankind. He first tricked Eve in the Garden of Eden by telling her that if she ate fruit from the forbidden tree, her eyes would be opened and she would be like God. The fruit was pleasing to the eye because all things God makes are good, but this fruit was not for her. Eve didn't give in just because she wanted to enjoy the taste of the fruit. She wanted a taste of power. Had she allowed truth to be the judge, she would have recalled God's goodness to her and realized that his command not to eat from the tree was for her own good. But her eyes got the best of her, and we've all been suffering ever since. We're the same way, though. Often we want what we see, even when it could be to our detriment. It may be a good thing, but not good for us. We can't understand why we can't have it, so we doubt God's goodness and fall prey to temptation. Think about the many times the Bible records people falling for evil because of what they see. King David was drawn into sin when his eyes beheld the beautiful body of a woman bathing. 
he forsook truth and took of a lovely thing that was not for him. His eyes gave him and his family trouble the rest of their lives. Achan saw beautiful things in the plunder from the victory at Jericho, and he took some, even though God said they were to be destroyed. Because of this, the Israelites were defeated in the next battle. Achan, along with his family and thirty-six unknowing soldiers, died because he took lovely things that were not for him. Since Satan uses God's lovely things to accomplish his evil works, we need to know how to determine which works are from Satan and which are from God. If we are children of God, believers in Christ, we can rely on the Holy Spirit to guide us into truth. He will give us peace if it's a right thing and unrest if it's not. Another way to find out is to assess the fruit from the work. Jesus said in Matthew seven, fifteen through 17 Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. The work of Satan is selfish, designed for his ultimate benefit. Even if it appears to be a good thing, you can be assured that Satan will leave his autograph on it somewhere because he can't stand not getting credit. God's works are selfless, intended for our benefit. Listen to what Psalm 111 says about them. Great are the works of the Lord. They are pondered by all who delight in them. Glorious and majestic are his deeds, and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are steadfast forever and ever, done in faithfulness and uprightness. Verse 9 concludes with the greatest work God ever did for us. He provided redemption for his people. God provided salvation through the sacrifice of his only son for people who didn't even care about him. Romans 5.8 says, God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now that's selflessness. God's desire for us first is that we believe that Jesus is his son and that he died and rose again to pay the penalty for our sin. Then to allow him to work his lovely works or fruit in us. Satan's works are those that cause division. God's works are those that unite us as a family. First Peter 2, 4-5 says, As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. With the fruit of the Spirit inside, we can easily identify God's lovely works and think on them. Then our lives will bear good fruit, and the sacrifice of our lips will result in praises to God. Verse 9 continues, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Let us praise the Almighty for what He has done. He has given you life through His Son. 
Blessed by this program, please write and tell us at Sandbeck Ministries, P.O. Box 581, Faustin, Maryland 21047, or visit us at our website at www.gracenotesradio.com. Join us on our next program. Until then, let your grace notes be a song of praise.